Hi guys, I'm Giselle. And I'm Leo. And welcome to Crimes and Cannabis, a true crime podcast where we enjoy some of the best herbs Arizona has to offer while diving into some crazy true crime stories. Mm-hmm. This podcast contains talk about violence, sexual abuse, child abuse, rape, and a ton of other horrible things, so listener discretion is always advised. If you want to keep up with pictures and videos for this episode, make sure to follow our socials at Crimes and Canapod. And if you're loving this show, please make sure to hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, and give us a five-star review. Hi, fellow true crime lovers. Happy motherfucking New Year's. Okay. No? You're not happy for the New Year's? Nope. (laughs) New Year, same Leo. Yep. (laughs) How did everyone bring in 2024? Hopefully it was great. Party. Yeah, that's what we did. We went to a couple parties and it was really fun. Shout out to Daisy for inviting us. Mm -hmm. We had fun. Um, And yeah, I can't believe how fast 2023 was. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Once you get to a certain age, time just starts moving way too fast. Yeah, you're just blinking and you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. It's Christmas again? Exactly. It's literally just Christmas. Yeah, wait till next year when you get into your 30s, Leo. Then it's really going to start hitting. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I hope everyone had a great new year and that the first few days have been great. Leo's birthday was on the 2nd, so we celebrated him by having some bomb-ass steak. Right. It was not a right. Right. Stop being a hater. Right. And we had some cake and stuff, but... Yeah, he's getting old. (laughs) Little old man. (laughs) But let's get into it today. Today's case is one from our home state of Arizona once again, and is actually a pretty recent and unsolved case. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's not too much information, so this episode won't be too long. That's what she said. (laughs) But I did first hear about this on Crime Junkie, um, which I'm sure anyone who listens to this have heard of Crime Junkie. Right. And honestly, it hurts my heart that there still hasn't been answers since then. Today, we'll be talking about the mysterious disappearance of Daniel Robinson. This story is full of twists and turns, and I just hope that our episode can get a little more exposure and shine some light on this beautiful person who is still missing that is at risk of becoming a cold case. Yeah. His father, David Robinson, has been his voice and the one fighting for Daniel since day one. And I just can't imagine what their entire family has to go through every single day, not having answers around what happened to their loved one. Mm -hmm. It's not having closure. Exactly. I can't believe it. So before we get into it, of course, uh, we just did a dab. Uh, We smoked a a little bit earlier, but... We literally just did a dab and it got me pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, It is from a strain called Gemini, which is a hybrid strain made by crossing Two-Face OG and Area 41. What? Which is fitting because Area... Oh, wait. Never mind. It's Area 51. I'm stupid. Never mind. Ignore what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, Reviewers on Leafly say that this strain makes them feel creative and giggly. So that will be needed for this crazy ass case because, like I said earlier, it's definitely mysterious. Mm-hmm. The sources for today's episode are, of course, Crime Junkie, like I mentioned. The prosecutors also have a two part episode on this case. Alice, Brett, we love you. Mm-hmm. 
Listen to your day. <laughs> we also use the actual police report, which is always very helpful to have. And per usual, everything else I used will be linked in the show notes. If anyone has any information or wants to get more information on the case, um, that will also be listed in the show notes. So, yeah. Nice. Now, (laughs) today's story is a tragedy. And honestly, I feel like it's a pretty common occurrence in true crime. A person goes missing in a car accident and is never seen again. And I'm going to go missing in a car accident. Yeah, exactly. And there's always zero evidence of what could have possibly happened to them. We've seen this in the Mara Murray and Jason Landry cases. Mm. Both are still unsolved, mostly because just like in this case, there are so many questions and seemingly no answers. So let's get into the victim of today's mystery. Daniel Cornelius Robinson was born on January 14th, 1997 which means that we'll be celebrating his birthday in just a few days. His parents are David and Melissa Robinson, and Daniel has four loving siblings. He has twin sisters named Davisha and Letitia, an older brother, David, and a younger sister, Talia. Nice. One thing that made Daniel super unique, but was also something that he never let impact him in life was that he was born without his lower right arm as a result of a birth defect. What the heck? Yeah, so this meant that he had to live his life with only one hand. That's fucking weird. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But despite this, though, he was never hindered in any of his goals or any of his dreams. And he never used this as a way to look for pity or make any type of excuses. Mm Mm-hmm. He worked hard and accomplished so much in such a short time. According to anyone and everyone who had the pleasure of encountering Daniel, he was described as confident, smart, and always a happy guy. He had a genuine love for life and was always looking for an adventure. In 2019, Daniel graduated from the College of Charleston in South Carolina with a bachelor's degree, and shortly after, he accepted a job with Matrix New World as a hydrogeologist. What the heck is that? Um, I'm pretty sure it's a geologist that kind of looks at water, and he probably has to help with like a bunch of projects with like building and stuff to make sure that they're not hitting the water tables and mm. impacting the quality of the water and stuff like that. Boring. (laughs) Well, this was a great opportunity for Daniel because he loved that type of stuff. Mm. But he also meant that he would have to move away from his home and everyone that he knew. Daniel's new job brought him to Phoenix, Arizona to work overseeing remote desert sites in our huge desert. Oh, shit. According to his family, this job was a perfect career choice because it allowed Daniel to do three things that he absolutely loved be outdoors, hike, and examine various species and formations of rocks. This was truly his dream job. Mm -hmm. Everything seemed to be going great until June 23rd of 2021. For anyone from Arizona or that's even been to Arizona in this time, you know that this is peak summertime and the heat is crazy and can even get up to 90 to 100 degrees way above that yeah and in fact i looked up the temperature recorded for that day and it was a high of 95 degrees so it was pretty freaking hot that day Mm -mm. 
Well, because Daniel was a geologist, that meant that most of his jobs were out in the field, just like he liked it. But when he got out to the job site that morning, he didn't really seem like himself. By 9 a.m., Daniel Robinson got into his Jeep and drove away from the site on Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road in the city of Buckeye. Okay. Around 7 p.m. that night, Daniel's dad was worried sick after not hearing from him, so he called the Buckeye police to report him missing. Mm -hmm. Some people might be like, well, that's a little early to report him missing, isn't it? Nope. Yeah, this family was super close. And let's remember, Daniel was out here in AZ pretty much alone. Like he had friends and his sister actually lived out here. But talking to his dad and the rest of his family back home was something that he did frequently. Mm -hmm. Once investigators got involved, they started with the people closest to Daniel to learn about his victimology. Of course, they spoke to Daniel's dad, his siblings, and even some of his friends. Many of them told police that Daniel had been acting strangely over the last couple weeks, but in the days leading up to his disappearance, he seemed to be getting back to his old self. Mm. Some of the interactions up until about a week prior to his disappearance are worth talking about, though. The first one I want to talk about is an interaction with his sister, Devisha, a couple days before he went missing. I mentioned this earlier, but Daniel was completely smitten with Arizona Since he had been living here, he had been trying to convince a lot of his family to move out here and be with him. And like I said, yeah, Devisha ended up coming. At the time of his disappearance, Devisha was living in Phoenix and her and Daniel would talk and visit frequently. Well, apparently they even had a code word for each other that they had agreed they could just easily text to each other in case of an emergency. According to Devisha, on the 21st of June, Daniel actually sent her that code word out of nowhere. Oh, shit. She said that she immediately started to call him and text him to try to get a hold of him, but everything just went unanswered. Oh, goddammit. When she finally was able to reach her brother, he told her that he was just testing her to try to see how fast she would reply. Okay, but you didn't answer. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what my next sentence was. Like, it's kind of strange because not, why not just answer and be like... Okay, testing you. Thanks you for calling me, but like, I don't know. Doesn't make too much sense. Another thing that stood out to people was that one of Daniel's friends told his family and investigators that he had recently been in contact with Daniel and he even went to visit him. But he said that Daniel seemed more depressed than usual. Despite Daniel never being particularly spiritual or religious in any type of way, his friends said that he was speaking about these type of topics And even saying things like he had to let go and change his ego. What the heck? Yeah. Probably took some mushrooms. Exactly. So I know that Eckhart Tolle talks about this a lot. And this was one of the podcasts that he had recently been turned on to and was listening to. Um, But no one was really able to discern where that sort of thinking came from. Mm. One of Daniel's coworkers was also questioned. And his story was interesting as well. Brett and Alice think that he probably didn't know Daniel too well or was even aware that Daniel was working a second job, which we haven't gotten to. But yes, he was. And he was working late nights. So with that being said, this co-worker told investigators that on the day that Daniel went missing, they had gone to the work site. But there was a flash storm warning. So anyone from Arizona knows that these storms mm. can come from like anywhere to 15 minutes to an hour. Yep. But they pretty much disperse 
pretty fast. Like yeah. they don't last very long. Right after they're done. Yeah, right, exactly. That's it. Well, while they were waiting for more information on whether the storm was going to be a big one or what was going to happen, Daniel told his coworker that he was tired. And then he asked him if he, Daniel, should just go home for the day. Okay. Yeah, this was kind of weird to the coworker because this was early in the morning. Yeah, he didn't think the storm was going to last very long. Yeah. So if he's like, wanna, man. yeah, he's like, why are you just trying to leave work? Like, we just got here. Uh, tired of the storm coming. Yeah. You guys should just go. Yeah, exactly. And again, he did. He probably didn't know that he had a second job. But yeah. like, if you don't know that, too, you're like, why are you tired? Yeah, like, it's what? literally the morning. What are you talking about? <laughs> so... Anyways, a short time later, Daniel tells him that he is going to leave and go home. But what's more interesting is that when Daniel left, he drove the opposite way than he should have if he was going back into the city. Weird. Yeah. Searches were conducted for Daniel and his missing Jeep in the area he was last seen and believed to have gone missing. Some searchers even used ATVs to cover the desert terrain. Nice. Local jails and hospitals were called, but everyone was a dead end. Daniel was not there. The hell? By July 9th, 2021, Arizona Civil Air Patrol offered its help to Daniel's rescue mission, and some Central Arizona Project aircraft were used to even do aerial searches. Damn. In total, there were four aerial searches completed, along with countless efforts on the ground, but no clue of Daniel or his missing car was found. What the fuck? Exactly. Investigators and forensic techs attempted to locate information from the pings on Daniel's cell phone, but it seemed that he hadn't used his cell phone since he left the work site, so they weren't really able to get any useful information from that. Oh my God. At the time of his disappearance, a description of Daniel was put out to help show people his appearance in case there was any sightings. Mm. He is a 5'8 African-American man who weighed about 165 pounds. He has black hair and brown eyes, and he is missing the part of his right forearm, including his hand. Before his disappearance, Daniel was also seen at a gas station surveillance video. He got less than $4 in gas, indicating he either didn't really need gas or he thought that $4 would suffice for the day. And he also bought a few items. It's a freaking, it's like what? A gallon. gallon? Yeah. Yeah, Shut up. (laughs) Especially like in COVID times back then. So, but this part is a little strange too, because in the police report, the items that he purchased are redacted. Why? Yeah, like how does that play into the story and why are they redacted? Um, it's not common to see that. And show me what he bought. It's just weird. Yeah, unless it's important to like his disappearance. Like I don't get why. Weird. Yeah. Or like my other thinking is like maybe there's something that his family is afraid of like being embarrassed about, like kind of some kind of sexual item or something. So they don't want it. I don't know, Leo. Maybe like condoms or something. I don't freaking know. But it is weird regardless. Hmm. Police and Daniel's family continued looking in every place they could, even spanning up to 70 square miles in the searches, which is a pretty large area. Okay. Despite all these searches, though, Daniel's Jeep was not found until July 20th, 2021, almost a month later by a cattle rancher. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And... The part that really makes me question how thorough these searches were, especially the aerial ones, is because the vehicle was found a whopping four miles from where Daniel was last seen. Okay. 
so the street. how'd you miss a whole a whole jeep but yeah the cattle rancher found it on his ranch he's like yo this has been here on my ranch trying to tell y'all no well that's another thing that, that's in question is that we don't even know if the car was there the entire month that, pe- that people were looking for daniel because the cattle rancher said he didn't see it before that what? so yeah and again like there was four aerial searches there was countless ground searches how did this huge big blue jeep in the middle of the desert go unseen yeah there's no way like I don't I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. But when it was found, it was determined the Jeep had rolled onto its side about 20 feet down into a ravine. Jesus. The windshield was cracked and the front driver's side window was smashed out. The airbags were also deployed. And according to the black box system, investigators were able to determine whoever was driving at the time of the crash was definitely wearing their seatbelt. But there was no passenger seat being worn. So it it seemed like Daniel was alone or the passenger wasn't wearing a seatbelt, which in this type of accident, they would have probably been seriously hurt if they weren't. Mm -hmm. So but something that was interesting as well is there was no blood found in or around the vehicle at all. The hell? Like at all. Yeah, you would think it would buzz his head or something. Yeah, especially rolling down onto your side into a ravine. Like, granted, the ravine isn't that big. Um, we'll post pictures of how it looked. But still, like... There's still glass and everything. Smack your head on the, yeah. on the steering wheel or something. Yeah, and then the black box also said that whoever was driving was going like 30 miles an hour. So hitting something at 30 miles an hour like that, like... There's definitely going to be some kind of injury. There's going to be some blood. Yeah. What was found in and around the car was even more surprising to investigators. Pretty much all of Daniel's belongings were still in the car, including his wallet, cell phone, and his keys. What? Even more strange, his cell phone had been factory reset and wiped clean. So, yeah, there was no helpful information on there either. So did he, like, so did he run his car off the ravine? Like, saying, but where is he? Like, what? More bizarrely, Daniel's clothes, including his work safety jacket, were all found at the scene about three feet away from his car. What the fuck? Yeah, so that means if Daniel somehow did just run off on his own or something, he did so without clothes? He got naked real quick? Yeah. What? Why would that make any sense? Yeah. Especially with all of the colors of these items, like, I don't know. It's crazy, and it's crazy that with this all being said that his Jeep and all this wasn't found because I did say that his work safety jacket was found there. That's a bright fucking orange. Yeah. Like, how do you miss that in a desert? I get it. That's the whole point of a, a safety jacket so that you can be seen in a desert area or like an area that is like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, this was all found. Uh, so lots of questions there. And we hear a lot of times that like bodies can get passed up on searches sometimes, but an entire vehicle. Yeah. And the fact that the rancher who found the Jeep said that he hadn't seen it in the days or weeks prior. I don't know. It's just very, very suspicious. Yeah. Something's fishy. Feeling as though the Buckeye police were not investigating this as much as he would have liked, David made his way the 2,000 miles from where he was living in Florida down to Arizona, leaving his wife and the rest of his family back home in attempts to locate his missing son. Around this same time, a search of Daniel's apartment was done, 
and some interesting things were found there as well. It seemed as though Daniel's place had been completely ransacked and police believed that someone had also accessed and went through his computer. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, and the question here is why? Is your son a spy or something? Yeah. Know about? No one has any answers. Like, what is going on? By July 29th, during some of the searches that were still being completed by David and the surrounding community members, there was a human skull found. Oh, shit. Everyone held their breath while the skull was examined, and Daniel's family let out a huge sigh of relief when it was determined the skull was not Daniel's. Okay. But perhaps this goes to show how easily people can get lost forever in the desert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just found somebody's random skull. Exactly. Oh, got one. Yeah, at least that family was helped, but like, still crazy. Yeah. After almost two months, David truly felt like the Buckeye police were just putting his son's case to the side. Well, using some of his savings and retirement funds, as well as community donations, David started to look for and hire some of his own experts. One of these included a team called the Santan Recon, who specializes in accident reconstruction and crash scene analysis. (laughs) They started their own investigation on September 28th, and three weeks later, by October 18th, they had a report to give to the family. The report said a few important things. Firstly, it was determined that Daniel's Jeep had in fact been involved in a rollover accident, which is like, duh, yeah. (laughs) Something interesting about that though, was that it was determined that the brakes were never used. So it seemed as though whoever was driving just accelerated, maybe trying to make it over the ravine, which in turn caused the car to flip, but that's just speculation. Mm. Regardless, the brakes were not used, so there was no attempt to brake during that accident. Curious. Something else that made people scratch their heads was that after the accident, it seemed that whoever was in the driver's seat attempted to start the ignition more than 40 times. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. You just flip your car. Yeah. It's not start. Exactly. And that's a, like, I can understand once or twice, but even like you're laying on your side, I yeah. even if you could put, turn it on, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't drive it. The, yeah. the wheels are not on the floor. <laughs> you're done. So I don't know. That's a little bit weird. Um, Brett and Alice also say like maybe the tow truck guy or the cops tried to do that. So let's just say give them 20 times, you know, just yeah. in case. But yes. Still, 20 times, like trying to, seems irrational. One or two and doesn't go, it's done. And then again, you're on your side. Yeah. Whoever was driving that, like there's no getting that, you know what I mean? I don't know. What? Also, according to the ignition, there seemed to be 11 miles that were unaccounted for from the time the vehicle crashed to when it actually stopped. What does that mean? It sounds weird, but the way that I understand it is that it seemed like even after this crazy flip over crash, the car still traveled an additional 11 miles, which is absurd. What the fuck? Is yeah. a ghost story? What's going on? What is happening? Yeah. So we don't understand if that's just a glitch or like how that is actually calculated or what that actually means, but it's weird, right? How could it have done that? Again, the car's literally laying on its side. Doesn't make no sense. Yeah. Something else that was called into question in this report was that on the Jeep, there seemed to be red paint of some sort, like contact paint, Mm -hmm. probably from a collision. Mm -hmm. However, that was never looked into further and pretty much just ignored by police. 
Although all this information was interesting, it didn't bring any new answers and probably only created more questions about what had happened to Daniel Robinson. Searches for him in the area surrounding where he was last seen continued to happen, all thanks to his amazing father who has been organizing searches all on his own frequently ever since. And once again, everyone got very nervous when more human remains were found on November 6th. But once again, these were proven to not come from Daniel. Obviously. Yeah. So two two human remains that were not Daniel just randomly found during the searches. Cool. 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 As time went on, David and the rest of Daniel's family kept on searching for answers, but they were getting frustrated with the investigators because it seemed as though they were not really interested in working on this case or taking any leads of any sort from David or anyone else. Well, they didn't have no damn evidence. Yeah, so... Can't do nothing. Yeah, and it is hard. I mean, especially... I think I say this later in the episode, but like Buckeye is a small city, so I'm sure their police force doesn't have a lot of resources, but Hmm. the least you could do is like comfort the family, you know, make them feel better. But it seems as though that's not even being done. Hmm. On January 27th, 2022, at the request of David, there were searches completed of two of the wells that were located in close proximity to the area where Daniel was last seen. Hmm. Neither of these searches turned up any new information. Oh, my God. By this time, though, police were pretty. By this time, though, police were pretty certain that Daniel had gone off someplace on his own, whether it was to escape life and start fresh somewhere new or just escape life completely by taking his own life somewhere out in the desert. Oh, gosh. This might seem outrageous, but there are a few reasons why police started to question how happy Daniel was in life and if him willingly disappearing was an avenue they wanted to consider. Mm. One of these reasons was that after reviewing Daniel's social media pages, it was revealed that he had recently removed all the pictures from his Instagram profile feed. What? Now, this could absolutely have a deeper meaning behind it, or it could be that Daniel was just like a lot of young people who frequently upload and archive pics on their page. Like, my friends always do that. I'll go to their page and they have, like, no photos or they have one photo. I'm like, all right. Like, I I don't know why people do that. I know I I clean up my page from time to time. I don't know if I just have, like, one or zero, but a lot of my friends do that. Yeah. And they have, like, one or two pics on their page. That's weird. Yeah. So, to me, it's normal, but in light of what happened, it could absolutely be a clue. You know? Mm. Who knows? And if that's not normal for him, maybe it's weird. You know? If he's did it a lot, maybe it's just a normal thing that he does. Mm. But another thing that made investigators question this disappearance has to do with Daniel's second job. Like I said earlier, Daniel was working a part-time second job driving for Instacart. So for those who may not know, Instacart is a shopping service in which you can place orders on the app at grocery stores and a driver will go pick up your goodies and then bring them to your house. Well, watch out though. We'll so. charge you at the end of the year. <laughs> Leo got a surprise subscription renewal this last couple of weeks. <laughs> but it's pretty convenient um, if you are lazy and don't want to go to the store. So that's awesome. But, <laughs> but from here, investigators were able to find out that Daniel had actually met a girl through this side work just a couple of weeks before he went missing. Hmm. 
Her name was Caitlin, and the two of them had met during a delivery to Caitlin's house. According to the reports, Caitlin had had some friends over and they had all been drinking. So they started to talk to Daniel and even invited him inside to hang out with them. Yep. I've seen this type of video before. Oh, my God. Leo. <laughs> Leo. Well, <laughs> but the two exchanged numbers and it said that she even showed Daniel some of the new self-help podcasts that he had never heard before. Mm. Possibly like that Eckhart Tolle one that I was talking about earlier. Said, hey, you got problems in your noggin? Listen to this. Yeah. And I listen to a lot of those. They're super helpful. So if you guys haven't, mm. definitely the self-help realm of podcasts is awesome. I like Oprah's. So You like Oprah? I like too. Oprah's podcast. It's called Super yeah. Soul or something like that. It's nice. nice. It's go. nice. <laughs> Everyone gets a podcast. <laughs> right. Anyways... In Daniel's eyes, the two started to form a very deep connection with each other, not only from that night, but via text. <laughs> However, when investigators spoke with Caitlin, it seemed that sentiment was not mutual. Damn, he had rose colors. Yeah. So, in fact, Caitlin told police that at first she did enjoy talking to Daniel as friends, not romantically. Great. But she states that shortly after they met, Daniel started to display some concerning behavior. Ah. Apparently, when he had hung out at her house that night, he had forgotten something there. So this resulted in Daniel just randomly showing up at Caitlin's house unannounced. How do you still have my address? Yeah, and she even asked him multiple times to stop. Yeah. And like some of the time she wouldn't even know, but luckily she had like a ring doorbell. So she had a camera. So she'd be able to see him like when he would come and she wasn't there. What the heck? And she's like, bro, get away from my house. Stop like coming to my house. Yeah. Just tell me at least. Exactly. Like what? Ask me. So obviously this made her very uncomfortable. And once Daniel reportedly confessed that he was actually in love with her. Okay. That's enough. At this point, she told him that she thought it was best the two of them were not in communication at all anymore. Mm -hmm. And Caitlin told police that the day before Daniel went missing, he sent her one last text. And it was pretty cryptic. Oh, God, it was all about this. I'm going to just read it to your verbatim. It said, quote, the world can get better, but I'll have to take all the time I can or we can, whatever to name it. I'll either see you again or see you never. Unquote. Okay. Cryptic. Yeah. So reading this, like, I have no idea what he's trying to say or what this text could have meant. And uh, Caitlin claims she has no clue either. Yeah. So obviously he was in some type of deep thinking here. Um, but. Sounds like dad talking. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not sure what he was trying to say in this text. In light of this information, though, investigators of the Buckeye Police Department ultimately boiled this disappearance down to a depressed and obsessed man who ran off because of this broken relationship with Caitlin. Jesus. It's reported by AZ Family that investigators even recovered questionable Google searches from Daniel in the days leading up to his disappearance. Some of these searches were, quote, love changed me, quote, shooting Tempe, what, quote, delete Instagram account, <laughs> and, quote, I'm okay to do things I hate. What the flip is this about? Yeah, so those are 
pretty cryptic too. Like we, I don't know. They're like really random. So I don't, I don't know. These searches only led police to ask more questions about Daniel's state of mind in June, 2021. There are even thoughts that maybe Daniel left to join some type of spiritual commune or cult, which honestly could make sense. Mm -hmm. But then the question is, why would he go without clothes or like any of his belongings? Well, his car crashed. Yeah. Well, his room sacked. Exactly. And if him leaving to a cult was the case, then how do we explain the accident? Like we said, was that staged? Um, David thinks these explanations are outrageous and he doesn't even want people to give them a second thought. Okay, but... <laughs> we kind of have to. <laughs> Come on. But I really wish we had more information on this case, but this disappearance is just too bizarre. And unfortunately, since the police don't really seem to be putting any resources into this anymore, no answers are coming. Great. As of September 2023, Daniel's dad, David, has opened a GoFundMe account and has been asking for any help that he can find in locating his son. He even spoke at CrimeCon 2023 in hopes to spread the word about his missing son. Jesus. He says that he wants to start turning his own investigation more towards the forensics to see if he's able to find things that may have been missed by police. He is also hoping that the Maricopa Sheriff's Office gets involved to help Buckeye Police Department. And honestly, like I said earlier, we, me, as in me and Leo, we know how small Buckeye is. So they probably do have very limited resources. So getting the Sheriff's Department involved is actually an amazing idea. Yeah, smart name. Yeah. I put the change.org petition in the show notes so that you guys can go submit your signature. Um, But hopefully that can get more eyes on this case uh, so that the sheriff's department will be compelled to take a deeper look at this. Mm. Before we close out for the day, we'll go over a few theories as to what could have possibly happened to Daniel. Now, the theory that police are running with is that Daniel decided to leave his life to start a new one without a single belonging or his vehicle. Yeah. There has been absolutely zero sign of life since he's went missing. Not a single cent from any of his accounts have been spent. No calls have been made from his phone. And remember, he didn't even have his phone. Yeah, right. And it was factory reset. Exactly. They even have went as far as saying that he went into a commune of some sort, like a religious cult, as I said earlier. This is kind of a sub theory. And honestly, if true, it could kind of fit. Because maybe they did have him stage the crash and maybe they gave him clothes, which is why his were left at the scene. And we're like, why is your room all fucking? Yeah, well, maybe they're like an off the grid type of thing and they had to like wipe his electronics. I don't know. What? This is all possible. But personally, with how close Daniel was to his family, I don't just see him leaving them for years with no answers. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see him making them suffer like that. But who knows? He thought I was in love. Yeah. That'll do it. Well, yeah, but he didn't go off to be with his love interest. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, because she didn't love him. So he said, all right, I'm out of here. I don't want anybody anymore. I'm out of <laughs> all here. right. That's what know. he said. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Another theory is that maybe he got into a crash with someone or even saw some type of illegal transaction, which resulted in an accident and his ultimate disappearance. Or he saw an alien and they freaking abducted him. I mean, him. Maybe, but this theory is semi-good just because out in the desert, I mean, there is some potential that you'll run into some sort of activity, but I don't know. There's a couple of things that I have wrong with this. Mm-hmm. First of all, it was a work site, like no smart 
and emphasis on smart criminal is going to go do any kind of illegal illegal activity in a work area like it's just not going to happen yeah also daniel went missing at like 9 a.m in the morning with the bright sunny arizona sun shining down like not much crime happens yeah i don't think anyone's going to go out of their way to do something bad at risk of being seen in broad daylight Mm -hmm. i mean it was a very remote area so i suppose if some sort of like road rage or something out of the blue happened maybe it would go unseen Mm -hmm. but i don't know who knows I feel like even in that case, something would have still been found. Yeah. Like a body would have been found. Something would have been found. Blood. You would have had your phone. Yeah, something. The third theory that we will talk about is that perhaps in the accident, Daniel seriously injured himself, specifically like a head injury. Um, This has been suggested because there is such a thing called paradoxal undressing, which can happen in some head injuries. Mostly in cold weather, though. In this, a person can undress because their body will tell them that this is going to get them warmer. Nice. And ultimately, people that this happens to, they usually fully undress and then succumb to the elements and they're later found, like, perished. What the hell, brain? Yeah. So, in this case, some people think that that's what happened here. More so because of the clothing found outside of the car. Yeah. But Arizona's not cold. Especially in June. Yeah. And on top of that, there was no blood found anywhere in or around the area. Right. I feel like a head wound like that would definitely be bleeding Have somewhere. Have open. Yeah, even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in this theory, Daniel escapes into the desert alone and disoriented, he is just never found. This one's hard for me, too, because David, Daniel's dad, has done so many searches and they have even found remains of other people, like we mentioned. Right. But Daniel's never been found. Yeah, that's I'm like what? You're Ex- finding other bones? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, David even says like he's happy that he was able to give those families closure, but like, where's my son? What about mine? Yeah. Lastly, some people think that Daniel went out there to purposely take his own life. Mm. I don't want to really give this one much life because for the reason above, his body has never been found. Like, if he took his own life, he's not going to go 70 square miles away from his car to right. do that. Like, right. it's just not going to happen. Right. Also, Daniel had so much going for him. He was just starting out his brand new career. He was meeting new people. He was in a new place. Mm. By all accounts, he was happy. So, I just don't see this being an option. But you never know. Yeah, You never know what someone's going through. Mm. Regardless of all these theories, though, the police still have no answers. Daniel's family still has no answers. Great. It literally seems like Daniel just vanished off the face of the earth or went into another dimension or something. Mm. David is still conducting searches. He is still looking for information and he's still being the voice for his son. As I mentioned earlier, he even spoke at CrimeCon 2023, and he will not stop until he figures out what the heck happened to Daniel in the desert that day in June. He still has a website up with updates and information, as well as places where you can submit tips. Mm. That website is pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. And of course, I will link it in the show notes. I also linked the petition, like I said, at change.org, petitioning the Buckeye police to do further investigation. They are asking for 150,000 signatures, and currently they're short about 20,000. 
So I know that some of you can take a quick second to go and sign it and help his family get more answers. Mm -hmm. It really seems like there are no leads to go off of here, but I am hoping that more work is going to be done and that perhaps there's someone out here who knows something that could help police move forward. Right. The Robinson family deserves answers or at the very least to be able to put their loved one to rest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this one is a crazy one. Um, No answers at all. Yeah, literally have no idea what happened. Not even a footprint. Like, it's crazy. But I'm saying aliens. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Hit us up at Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or Whatever you like. Snapchat. (laughs) Not Snapchat because I'm I'm banned. But But we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Adios. But as always, let us know what you think. You can send suggestions or feedback to our Gmail at crimesncannabis at gmail.com. The letter N. And that's N, like the letter N, not the word. You can also find us on Facebook at Crimes and Cannabis Podcast or Instagram at Crimes and Cannapod. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few seconds and give us a rating. And if you're feeling extra high and happy, leave a five star review. It really helps us to grow our audience and get these crazy, unsolved stories out there. But for now, We hope you stay high and stay flat and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.